Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. FBI Director James Comey's decision to not seek a criminal indictment against Hillary Clinton. What are the majority of Americans thinking about that? We're about to find out. And while Hillary Clinton isn't uh, facing an indictment, one of her superdelegates, who has been a in government elected office in Florida for years, Corinne Brown, is facing 24 of them. She's been indicted on 24 counts of fraud, superdelegate for Hillary Clinton. And um, she, was, she had a program that was supposed to be um, providing funds for economically disadvantaged young people to go to school and get, you know, get better education. Well, the money from that fund apparently went into Ms. Brown's pocket. Not to the kids who needed it, but into her pocket. That and her executive assistant. And, and Donald Trump has said, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's said, it's been rumored that he may be looking at a retired American general as his president, vice presidential running mate. I think that would be a very interesting uh, decision. And the, uh, the interesting twist of this is that the general is a registered Democrat who doesn't like Barack Obama. It gets stranger and stranger. Fran Coombs will sort it all out for us. The managing editor of Rasmussen Polling in the United States. And uh, Fran has been very generous with his time on weekends and has walked us through the primaries. And and here we are, Fran, with... Um, and thank you again for taking the time on a summer weekend to waste with us. The uh, We have the FBI director saying no to an indictment for Hillary Clinton for... When when the, uh, um, a military reservist last year who did far less and who had information compiled against him by the FBI was dragged to court immediately. What's going on? Well, I mean, interestingly, too, I mean, for anybody who saw Comey's statement, uh, he he basically spent 10 minutes. I mean, I think everybody that was watching it thought he was going to come out and announce that they were seeking indictments because oh, yeah. he talked about her, you know, her you know, extremely careless handling of secrets. uh Basically, everything she's told the public is false, that it was authorized, that, uh, uh, you know, that it was only one server. It turns out to be multiple servers. She said, we turned over all the emails. It turns out, of course, that she didn't do it. Uh, I mean, just chapter and verse, every single thing out of her mouth on this email thing has been a lie. Uh, but when it gets right down to it, uh, Comey said he didn't think a prosecutor could bring a case. And I'd... Again, I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, I think you, I think you have to admit, Roy, it would be pretty tough to... Uh, go to court against the, the putative uh, nominee of the uh, presumptive, excuse me, presumptive nominee of the Democratic Party and try to get a fair trial uh, in the political climate in this country right now. Yeah, I can't imagine it happening. And, and Fran, this happened uh, again just days after uh, Bill Clinton conveniently parked his plane. It's nice they all have their own little planes or big planes. Uh, parked his plane where the attorney general was going to be parking her plane and they got together to talk about the grandkids. Well, I mean, the sequence is fascinating. I mean, you have you have uh, Bill Clinton meets with the Attorney General. They have a 30-minute talk in which Bill said they talk about, what, their grandchildren and golf, I think. Uh, and then two days later, the FBI interviewed Mrs. Clinton but did not put her under oath on, a, on the Saturday morning of the July 4th weekend, which is probably about the best time you could have that kind of meeting and keep it out of the news media. 
Uh, and then they come right off the holidays, and Comey makes his announcement that he's not going to seek indictments. And that just coincidentally happens to be the same day that Mrs. Clinton is campaigning with Barack Obama for the first time. <laughs> and, and Mr. Obama will not speak about what the FBI director decided. He's out campaigning with with Secretary Clinton, but he will not address that. Um, it's just... It's, no, it's I think, politics, I, mean, I guess. I, I think most people most people view this as increasingly what we think is the problem in the United States and probably in your country and in Great Britain as well is that the laws only apply to the little people. They don't apply to the big people anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's why the populist movement is underway and is as strong as it is because people are fed up. They're, they're fed up being told what to do, what to eat, what to say, what to think, and when to do it by people they don't respect. Right, and and I mean, could they be? Could could it be any more in your face? Bill Clinton meets with the Attorney General. The FBI does her on the Saturday morning of a big holiday weekend, and Obama happens to be campaigning with her on the first time that you know the first time when when the FBI director makes the announcement. I mean, it, it couldn't be any more transparent if you were looking through a piece of glass. No. No, it, it really couldn't, Fran. So now you've done polling of, uh, of Americans, of, of the little people, not the big people, the little people. And what are the little people saying by majority? Well, we actually, we had a poll just because of scheduling, because of the 4th of July weekend. Uh, we, we, had, we were doing one big survey that Tuesday night, and so we asked about whether or not people agreed with Comey's decision. Uh, in fact, you know, the, the exact question was, we said the FBI has concluded that Hillary Clinton potentially exposed top-secret information to hostile countries while she used a private email ser- server as Secretary of State, but the agency has decided not to seek a criminal indictment of her. Do you agree or disagree with the FBI's decision not to seek a criminal indictment of Hillary Clinton in this matter? 54% of the likely U.S. voters said no, we do not agree with this decision. In other words, 54% of voters said yes, you know, they should have sought an indictment of her. Is that a significant number? Well, I think the significance of it is, I mean, obviously, uh, people are going to look at that and go, well, it's just over 54%. I mean, just over 50%. But 37% agreed with the FBI decision. So basically, one in three voters agreed with the FBI decision. You have 10% who are undecided. Generally, in my experience, those undecideds quite often, you know, know, they – they're, they're deliberately not answering the question because they don't want to be perceived as any PC. Uh, so probably some of them disagreed with the decision also and thought she should be indicted. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, how significant is it? Over one out of two people, just over one out of two voters in this country think that Hillary Clinton should have been indicted? Eh, that seems pretty significant to me. I, mean, I think so. The week before, we had... One out of two voters, we had a similar number, 49%, said that they thought that she had lied to the families of the victims in the Benghazi matter. So one out of two people think that she lied to these people whose, whose children paid the ultimate sacrifice for this country. That's pretty disturbing, too. One out of two voters believe that a possible president <laughs> would lie to people whose children died for this country. Yeah, so now you have a choice of... Um, electing somebody who the half of the country believes, believes not not just sort of has a hunch about, but half of the country believes is a liar. I want to ask you about Trump as well, but uh, Fran, this last week has been tragic. It's been um, it's been violent. It's been just um, 
it's been ugly. How is what's happened in the last days in the United States? How does that fit into? I don't know if I don't know how to phrase this. How does that fit into the into the election issue? How how is this addressed by people who want to run the United States for the next four years? Well, it's going to be interesting to see how they address it, Roy. I mean, I think for a lot of us, this is the culmination of Barack Obama's presidency. Uh, this is a man who I think many Americans believe has tried to divide us every way possible, men versus women, gays versus straights, blacks versus whites. Uh, he's just been on a mission to divide this country rather than heal it, which is what a lot of people initially expected from him. And, I mean, this is the culmination of that. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, previous presidents would have said, look, these videos are disturbing, we're disturbed about this, but let's not rush to judgment because the vast majority of police in this country protect us every day and do a great job. So let's let the system take its course. Instead, this guy has come out every single time and immediately sided with, with the person that most, I think most Americans would view as the bad guy and has bad-mouthed the police. And so what do we expect? I mean, this was, it was only a matter of time before this, something like this was going to happen. So, so now you have, uh, he's going to be gone, and uh, a new president is going to be in the White House. It'll presumably be either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. How do they approach that? How do Americans expect now Hillary Clinton and or Donald Trump to address this issue, which is of such tremendous importance and has such huge emotional impact. And I'm not, I'd never downplay the significance of emotion in a, in a population. It is, that's, that's a tremendous factor. Well, I think if we have, God forbid, if we have more incidents like this and we have more terrorist incidents, that will benefit Trump, who is seen as the stronger of the two candidates. Uh, as I've said on your program before, our polling has consistently shown that likely voters in this country view Hillary Clinton as basically the third term of Barack Obama. She will do more of the same. So if Americans perceive things really spinning out of control, then obviously they're not going to want more of the same. They're going to want change. They're probably going to want someone who speaks a little stronger. So that plays to Trump's advantage. I would think. But I mean, also the I mean, again, and as I was saying earlier, I think Obama has really, to my mind, and to a lot of people's minds, I think, really heightened the racial divide in this country. And you see that I mean, the New York Times and even the other people like that even report, I mean, Hillary Clinton does does best when there are a lot of minority voters. She's so it's, you know, I almost hate to say this because it, it, it doesn't sound good, but I mean, I think increasingly Trump is looking like the white candidate and Hillary Clinton is looking like the candidate for minorities. And, I, and so if we have more of this situation like we've seen in Dallas, I think it's just going to heighten those differences. So the racial divide would be even greater. Oh, and, and then that divide would be carried into the White House because whoever wins would be carrying the the sense of I don't know sense of responsibility too or um, well I don't I don't necessarily to think elect that, them right yeah I don't you know I, I don't necessarily think that Trump is going to I mean I I don't get the sense of that I think I think I mean Trump is not a, I don't believe I mean you you may feel otherwise but I don't believe like he is actively out there campaigning just for the white vote 
But Hillary Clinton is very dependent on the minority vote. I mean, those are the primaries she won. I mean, and that's why I referred to the New York Times earlier. I mean, I remember when they wrote she left the Indiana primary. She left Indiana two or three days before the primary, and the New York Times just flat out wrote she knew she didn't have a chance there because they didn't have many minority voters. So she knew Sanders was going to win, so she was going to states that had, had more minority voters. So, you know, she predicates a lot of her success on the turnout of the black vote. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't think Trump is predicating his success on the turnout of the white vote, I mean, as, okay. as overtly. Um, so, but we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, obviously no American can like the things that we've seen in the last few days. No, no, nobody, nobody can like, well, clearly. Uh, Fran, we're going to take a break. We'll come back uh, with Fran Coombs, the managing editor of Rasmussen Polling in the United States. And, um... And talk about what may be happening in the Donald Trump camp as he searches for his vice presidential candidate. And would he look at a retired general who is a registered Democrat? Stay with us. Fran Coombs, managing editor of uh, Rasmussen Polling in the United States, is with us. As uh, Fran has been so generous, as I said earlier, with his time, spent so many weekends with us as through the primaries, and, and now we're heading toward the election, which is going to have an impact on this country, on everybody in Canada. Whoever becomes the president of the United States has an impact on each and every one of us in Canada. Uh, Fran, so the story is, the rumor that I've been hearing, and I've looked at some stories uh, in the media, uh, particularly uh, uh, yesterday, is that General Michael, I've got to say it in the American way, folks, it's not lieutenant, it's lieutenant. Lieutenant General Michael T. Flynn is being looked at, I've, I've been told, by Donald Trump himself, not by his, his, his team, essentially, but by him. And he's interested in, in, in General Flynn as a potential running mate. And Flynn is a registered Democrat who has no time for Barack Obama. Is, is this legitimate? Yeah, I mean, I know as much as you do, Roy. I mean, I'm not out there reporting every day like I used to. Uh, so, but I mean, I've seen this from some credible reporting on this, and it's it's very believable. And you know, it's just like Trump. Uh, I mean, again, we discussed this earlier, but I I posited in a commentary a couple weeks ago that Trump is already a third party candidate running against the leadership of both major parties. Um, as you know, also he met. On uh, Thursday, he went to Capitol Hill and met with mem- the leaders of the House and the, le- and the uh, Senate Republicans. And basically, he Trump called down the Senate Republicans and said, hey, get on board. The voters have spoken. Quit sounding off and quit attacking me. Uh, get on the team. So, you know, he's telling the Republican leaders to, to wake up uh, and quit acting like they're the, the opposition. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if he went outside the party and grabbed a, you know, grabbed a registered Democrat uh, who who hasn't been vetted by the uh, the GOP leadership. It's also interesting that uh, General Flynn, who um, was asked about um, possibly being the running mate for Donald Trump, said, "I've been a soldier too long to refuse to entertain any request from a potential commander in chief." Yeah. No. I mean. Gee, how interesting! Somebody how interesting. that Trump's talked to that that isn't attacking Trump, who yeah. is, you know some of these other guys have you know they they distance themselves or you know uh, praise him, give him backhanded praise. Uh, so at least this is a guy that would be a loyal running mate. Yeah. So Fran, in the thirty seconds we have left, 
what does the polling suggest now when you when you look at Trump versus Clinton, Clinton versus Trump? What does American polling say? It basically it's still neck and neck. We have Trump ahead by two uh, on Friday, but that's within our margin of error. Uh, and there's still a sizable, nearly 20%, that either like somebody else or are undecided uh, who could go either way. Thanks so much for your time again, Fran, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Always a pleasure, Roy. Fran Coombs, managing editor Rasmussen and former editor of The Washington Times.